Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Academy Show. Here on the Blood Red channel, I'm your host, Edward Kay, and I'm joined by Liverpool.com's editor, Matt Addison. And today, we are going to be taking a deep dive into what's going on at the Liverpool Academy at the moment. Obviously, we got our, uh, Matt got a glimpse into a few more Academy players than we're used to seeing against uh, Derby in the Cup match recently. I'm going to come straight to you and ask, who do you think stood out in that, um, obviously, very youthful lineup? Yeah, it was uh, it was a good opportunity, wasn't it, to to see a few of those players on a different stage, and probably for a, a lot of people, the the first time that they'd seen a lot of of those players play. So, yeah, there was there was a number of, of performances that kind of went as I expected, really. Um, I think I quite like Mel Fraundorf as a player. I think he's probably the the one that you'd look at and think is is maybe a little bit further away from Liverpool's first team compared to the others. But I thought he did okay on the the right hand side, but. It's more the others, really, that I think are, are the ones to really watch out for. Obviously, everyone's got excited about Ben Doak, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about him. But I really, really like Bobby Clark. I think he's a brilliant, really technical player who just does everything that I like from a central midfielder, to be honest. He's, he's kind of, I suppose, that kind of typical Pep Guardiola-type midfielder. That's that's kind of the way that it's probably best to describe him. And, and Stefan Bicetic as well, that people will have seen a, a little bit of this season. Another one of those just really, really technically gifted, really, really good player, really promising. And I think, um, you know, Liverpool have had midfield problems, certainly, to, to say the least, this season. I'm not suggesting that he is going to be the answer, but it, it does kind of occur to me that possibly the, the reason that they're delaying a little bit with the, the midfield restructure is obviously with Duke Bellingham and one or two others on the radar, but possibly one or two of these youngsters and, and Stefan Bicetic, I think, is, is the one most likely to, to make a, a real impact next season. It'll be be really interesting to see how they all get on. But yeah, some uh, some good signs against Derby. And we saw it last season, actually, with with a few players. Kate Gordon, that I think we'll come to later on, is is one that we've not seen this season, but impressed last season. There's there's lots of, of lots of lots of different ways in which this could go for, for these players over the next few months. But they've all got a supreme amount of talent. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited about a good number of them. Yeah, Bicetic, probably one of the academy players who's a bit further along in terms of making that jump into the first team. Obviously, he's made his Champions League debut, played, was it home and away against Ajax? I think he did. Um, yeah, so he's, he's a bit further along in that development. And What do you think of sort of the, the main thing I notice when he's on the ball is he seems to have composure beyond his years. So do you think Liverpool could be looking to, to him to sort of bulk up that midfield at points? Or do you think they will mainly look to solve that issue in the transfer market? Yeah, I think he's certainly got a chance. I think it's it's probably no coincidence that you know Fabinho has struggled this season a little bit. Possibly they've looked at that and, and kind of fast tracked him a little bit. I think he's he's certainly been used a lot more heavily and hasn't been used tellingly at youth level. He's been on the bench a lot for, for Liverpool's first team this season. I think that's probably a little bit faster than what I thought was was going to be the case with him. I think he is a brilliant footballer. He can play centre back as well, actually, which I think is is certainly interesting, but certainly his best position is, is just a, a little bit in front. And 
yeah, like you say, the, the awareness, the ability to, to sort of spray those balls about. I think we, we saw that against Derby. He's come on in, in a couple of games and, and just done a couple of things that you wouldn't necessarily expect of, of someone of that age. You know, the, the ball's just around the corner or knocking it out to, to people without having to look and, and check where they are. He's, he's got great awareness. And I think he's he's a really good, solid tackler as well. I mean, he's, he's a, a Spanish youth international, so you kind of kind of stereotypically expect him to be very good on the ball and, and to know where everyone is and, and all of that kind of thing. I think he is he's definitely one of those that's two or three steps ahead of everyone else. But he certainly doesn't shirk a tackle as well. I think that's probably something that was a little bit of, of something that he had to get used to when he first came into to English football and, and started to, to play for Liverpool's youth teams a couple of years or so ago when he, he came in. But yeah, he, he certainly certainly developed on that side of it. I think that that was always the worry, really, to, to play as a number six. You're going to have to get about the pitch and, and do what Fabinho at his best did of, of being able to, to cover two or three positions, put your foot in, and then have that ability on the ball. I don't think there was any question, really, about his technical ability. I think he certainly answered a, a few questions off the ball as well. So, yeah, he's certainly one that, that I've got my eye on. I think he'll probably feature quite heavily for, for the uh, the senior team during the, the winter break and be interesting to see how many chances he gets in the second half of the season. But yeah, Liverpool certainly need a bit more depth in that number six position. And for me, he's he's one of those that if if they do turn to the academy, and we know that they have done so many times before, he's, he's one of those that you'd almost say is, is a guarantee if he wants to, to be a Liverpool player, he's, he's got a real, real good chance. Yeah, I think ever since uh, watching him in the pre-season, I think everyone realised he's he's probably got a future in Liverpool's midfield. But we'll come on to an attacker now. Ben Dirk, it's been something of a breakthrough last week or so for him. Obviously, he made his debut, came on, managed to excite everyone without really having too much end product, but uh, did plenty that pleased the eye, obviously, and pleased the Anfield crowd. And followed that up by signing his first pro contract for the club. So, I mean, what a week for the lad. Yeah, it's been a great few days. It was his, his birthday on Friday, turned 17. Obviously, you've got to, to be 17 to uh, to sign a professional contract when he's come in. He's he's come in on a, a youth deal. But yeah, Liverpool not messing about. I think that, that would have always been the case, really. When he came in from Celtic in the summer, the, the promise would have been as soon as he turned 17. That is is the plan, really. So that was, was announced on Monday. I mean, it's just been you know, a brilliant week for him, but a brilliant season so far to, to come in and have the impact that he's had. I know he's, he's spoken himself about sort of the goals and the assist numbers. I think it's eight goals, six assists now for him at this point in the season for someone who isn't a striker, who plays out wide. I think that's that's really impressive. I think he's the top scorer in the UEFA Youth League in the group stage. I think he scored four or five just in, in Europe, which I think is is really, really telling. There was a result, I can't remember the exact scoreline now, but it was similar to, to what Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott did to, to Napoli two or three years ago. Obviously, we know they've both gone on to, to have a future at, at first team level for, for Liverpool. It kind of felt a little bit similar to that, where they absolutely hammered him, uh, hammered, hammered Napoli, I should say, and and, and he was was absolutely superb in, in that one. So, yeah, he's, he's a real talent. He's, he's one of those, again, that it's a bit of a cliche, really. Whenever you talk about these young players, they look they look much older than what they are. Obviously, only just 17, but physically very, very good, very switched on defensively, very, very fast. And you, know, you, you don't want to sort of draw conclusions, but I think there's, there's obvious players who have looked physically ready to play men's football when they're sort of 16, 17 years of age, and, and he kind of fits into that category. And I always mention it on this show, actually, whenever... Um, we, we've spoken about him since the summer. It, it was mentioned to me by someone who'd, who'd watched a fair bit of him for, for Scotland at a youth level. And he said that 
Zervan Shakiri was kind of the the comparison that he'd make because of the kind of build and, and the stature that he's got. And you can kind of see that to an extent. I think he's he's certainly a little bit faster and got the uh, the acceleration and, and probably a, a little bit more in terms of, of end product, certainly at, at youth level so far. The, the signs are good. So yeah, really, really promising. Obviously, I mentioned Kate Gordon before. Um he's had a, a bit of a tough time recently. You don't want to sort of get too far ahead of yourself, you know. It's only 12 months, less than 12 months since we were kind of talking about Kate Gordon in, in the same way. And then he's dropped off the, the radar a little bit and, and a few more names have, have come to the fore. So you can never quite predict what's going to happen over the next few years. But I think if uh, if I had to, to bet on any of these young players making it long term and, and having the, the highest ceiling, I think probably Bendo could be the one that you'd hang your hat on. Yeah, you mentioned Kate Gordon there. And I did want to come on to him because obviously he, he was in, in that position that a few different academy players are in now where he's the one sort of in and around the first team. He's the one expecting if there's a an injury at any point outside of the transfer window, he might be the one to step up and come on the bench or feature at one point. Obviously, like you say, it seems to have dropped off a bit in terms of that and you say he's going through a tough time. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit for us? Yeah, essentially it's, it's, it's an injury situation more than anything. I think Liverpool certainly are still, um, still sort of see him as a very highly rated player. I still... I love watching him. I just haven't been able to, to watch him for a while now. I don't know whether it was sort of off the back of, of being a, a little bit too much too soon. Obviously, started the, the Carabao Cup semi-final, didn't he, away at Arsenal last season. He, he was in the team a lot around that period. He played, I think, both of the uh, the FA Cup ties early on in, in that season. But we've we've not seen him since February, and, and that's just purely because of, of little injuries that he's had. I don't think it's necessarily the same lengthy injury I think it's a number of different things that he's just not been quite able to, to shake off but you now we've seen it with slightly older players as well we've seen it with Curtis Jones over the, the last few months he's had things which Liverpool have basically just put down to he's just at that age where you get you know you're, you're growing your, your body is changing you're sort of growing up a little bit and, and that's that's just how it is unfortunately at that age and I think that's probably the case for, for Kate Gordon I don't know the the exact specifics of it I think he he should be back, I think, in the, the new year. I think we, we spoke to, to Barry Lutus um, a few weeks ago and, and that seemed to be the suggestion. But we have heard that a couple of times, you know, in the, the period that he's been out. I remember in the summer there, there was a similar conversation. I can't remember whether it was with Barry or with someone else, but it was kind of like, oh, yeah, he's you know, he's, a, he's a few weeks away. He's, he's doing well. He, he should be back. And then it just didn't quite happen. So it's a bit of a strange one. Certainly, you know, don't discount him. He's going to have to get over these injury problems and, and see sort of what comes next. But there's there's so much talent there. I think you know Ben Doak, Kate Gordon, Stefan Bisetic, all of these players, they've got you know the ability to, to make it at the top level for Liverpool. They're all fantastic young footballers. But it's just a bit of a reminder, I think, that you know as excited as everyone got about Ben Doak and as much as you know everyone coming out of Anfield last week would have been. Uh, you know, just predicting a, a bright future for him and he was going to come into the team and, and do X, Y and Z. It's it's not quite that so simple sometimes. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully all of these players can can stay injury-free, get themselves a lot of football next year. And if they do that, they've all got you know a real, real opportunity. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, another player who's uh, obviously joined the academy fairly recently, but seems to have sort of dropped off the radar since then. Trent Cohn Doherty. Obviously, there was a fair amount of noise when he came in, but for the average fan and you know even myself, uh, not not heard a right lot about him since he came in. Whereabouts he up to in his development? He's another one that I think is is really really exciting. But he's he's about a year younger than uh, than Ben Doak, so he's he's just basically too young to have, have come into the senior team. I think. You know, if he was a year or two older, I think he's he's definitely one of those that would have been involved in that derby game. He's certainly you know, hugely highly rated. I think um, just from watching him, you know, uh, uh, he's one of those players that you just get excited about. He's very direct. He's very quick. I think scored seven times, assisted one so far this season, which again, you know, playing on the wing, he, he's just a, a typical winger, really. He's not that much dissimilar to Ben Dope, just slightly younger. So, um I think he's, he's one to watch sort of in the academy over the next few months. I think, you know, it, it's just basically come too soon. He only turned 16 in June. So he is sort of very, very young. But he's another in that category, really, of the, the best young players. You know, an Irish youth international come across from, from Derry in the summer. I think the plan is is very much a, a long-term one with him. He, he fits the same mould, really, as, as Doak and Bobby Clark and all of these other young British players that Liverpool have brought in, obviously. The, the, the Brexit um, regulations have, have changed and, and they can't go out and, and get, say, Stefan Bicetic. They can't get the next one of him, so they've got to, to look a little bit closer to home, really. And he's very much one of those really, really exciting, absolutely rapid, dribble brilliantly, sort of, you know, just, just looks in, in every way that you can imagine for a winger. He is he's absolutely exciting. I think that the key thing with him and Ben Doak is that they have started to, to score and, and get those numbers. Quite often you'll see you know an exciting, quick player, but he maybe doesn't quite have the end product. But for someone so young to, to be scoring seven goals, having only just moved to Liverpool, I think is is really promising. So yeah, he's he's definitely a name to, to keep an eye on. I'm not sure whether it's Cone Doherty or Cone Doherty. I've heard both pronunciations, but I'll try to get to the uh, the bottom of that next time I'm at the academy. But yeah, certainly one to watch out for. So uh, yeah, I should probably learn to, how to say his name properly. Yeah, it's always helpful when we learn how to pronounce our players' names, isn't it? Um, well, speaking of which, Melkamu Frauendorf, I'm going to bring you back onto him. Um, obviously, he was playing, I don't want to say in that Mo Salah role, because there's not many people in world football who can play that role, but playing on the right of the three. What kind of a player is he? And do you think there's any chance of him ever being... Coming on, maybe coming into the squad, not obviously the first team, coming onto the bench and being viewed as an understudy to Mo Salah. He's one of those that I'm just not quite sure what his position is. I think we've seen him play so many different roles. I think when he came in, he was kind of a number 10 type player. I think he'd, he'd captain Germany's under 17s, under 18s, I think, playing in, in that kind of position. And that's kind of what I expected from him. I kind of expected that sort of typical number 10 really which is is not really what he is he's, he's very much a, a versatile player he can play left and right he can play as a 10 he can play a little bit deeper he's played right back a few times for, for Liverpool since he's come in so I think he's he's one of those players really that's kind of almost a, a victim of his own success in that it's obviously a great thing if you can play in a number of different positions it gives you 
more of an opportunity. But maybe there's other players that are a, a bit more specialist in the in the roles. You know, Ben Doak, for example, if Ben Doak makes it, he's not going to be playing anywhere other than on the right hand side. That is undoubtedly nailed down now as his position. Whereas I'm just not quite sure with Roundoff what his best role is. I wonder whether it might be as a, a kind of number eight type position, but he's almost he's almost a bit like Alex Oxlade Chamberlain where he doesn't quite fit into to the way that you might typically think that Jurgen Klopp would set up that midfield. But yeah, he's he's probably of of the young players that started against Derby. I think he's probably the, the one that has got the most work to do to convince Liverpool of, of a long term future. But you know, he is he is a good player and I think that there'll be a place for him somewhere. Not necessarily at Liverpool slightly older than than one or two of the other players. But yeah, the, the first step really is to work out where his best role is and, and whether that fits at Liverpool. Once he does that, possibly then he can can start to take the next step. Yeah, and on to another youngster who started uh, up top for Liverpool against Derby County, uh, Leighton Stewart, another one who there's been a lot of talk about. But in fairness, I think the game largely seemed to sort of pass him by up front. It wasn't, wasn't really involved in too much. But was it good for him to get the minutes in his legs in the first team? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's a, a massive Liverpool fan. He's gone through a lot in, in terms of injuries over the last couple of years. So it's um, yeah, it's a deserved opportunity, really. Again, he's he's one of those players, probably a little bit like a, a Paul Blatzel or someone like that from a couple of years ago, where I think if, if he hadn't have got those injuries, possibly could have gone on and done a little bit more. But there's definitely a future for him somewhere. It's it's not going to be at Liverpool, I don't think. But you can never take that away from him, can you? He's, he started a game as, as Liverpool's number nine at Anfield and... Yeah, it's um, it was a great opportunity for him, but I think there's there's certainly other players who probably you'd say have, have overtaken him in the pecking order. I think you know someone like Oakley Cannonier is, is one to keep an eye on, absolute goal scoring machine for, for Liverpool the last eighteen months or so, but just slightly younger and, and probably wasn't ready for a senior appearance. So yeah, a, a reward really for the hard work that he's done. I think he's one of those that. You know, we, we have to remember not all of these players who are in the academy will go on and, and have careers at professional levels in this country. I think, you know, I would say Leighton is, is probably one that, that will, but it'll probably be a, a lower league team rather than, than for Liverpool. But yeah, what an opportunity for him. If uh, if you just said to most Liverpool fans like him, you know, you get one game where you can start for Liverpool. I think, uh, I think most of us would take that. Yeah, I think I definitely would. Um, we'll finish on not quite an academy player. Obviously, he's uh, of the academy age, but Fabio Carvalho very much in the first team set up at Liverpool. Seemingly, I don't want to say walking out, but it seems like that on Portugal under-21s. He doesn't seem to be interested in playing anymore. Obviously, I believe he's played at youth level for England and he is qualified to make that switch. Do you think there's anything in that? And do you think he might be looking at maybe making a switch over to England? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I don't know... Um... Don't know the the reasons behind that and, and all the rest of it. I don't know the the full picture at, at this point, but it does look like he's he's ruled himself out. I think that the Portuguese FA have, have released a statement suggesting that he's going to switch, or or certainly that he he's ruled himself out of, of playing for the twenty ones anyway, which possibly has, has led a few people to to put two and two together. Maybe he's going to move back to to playing for England again, like you say. He's he's played and I think captained England up to under seventeens level. Grew up in in London in England. I think he possibly was born in, in Portugal and, and then moved across here at a young age. So, yeah, eligible for for both. I don't think it will make any difference in terms of the, the homegrown quotas and stuff like that. Obviously, came through at, at Fulham's academy, so I don't think that's a reason really for it. So, um, yeah, it, it would just be his personal preference really. I think 
that there's a couple of things that come into these things whenever a player has to pick between two countries. I think one of them is, well, do you feel more English or more Portuguese? You can probably make the argument, given that he came here so young, that possibly he does feel more English than, than Portuguese at, at this point. But I think the other one as well is is sort of how many minutes are you going to get? Do you think, you know, do you think they're more likely to play for, for one team or the other? I don't know what the, the reasons might be, but yeah, another one of those players really that, that fits into that bracket that we mentioned before of, of those that have come in at, at that age. Hobby Elliott, obviously the prime example of that, but Fabio Cavallio, definitely another of those as well. So yeah, he's, uh, it's an interesting one. Be interesting to see where he ends up. I think I, if I was him, I'd probably go for Portugal, but that's, uh, that's just my choice. Yeah, I was thinking that with the amount of um, sort of attacking midfielders England have got coming through, maybe Portugal might be better sticking than twisting. But then again, he does certainly sound more English than Portuguese when you hear him in interviews. But um, that is all we've got time for on the Academy show today. So from myself and from Matt Addison, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.